0: Greetings and welcome to episode 10 of the Phases of the Moon Knight podcast. This is the show where each week we read a stack of classic Moon Knight comics, then get together and talk about the characters, villains, and stories with an eye towards how these stories may connect to the Disney Plus Moon Knight show that debuts on March 30th. This month! Oh my gosh, this is great! We're also, we, are, we will also be discussing comic book history, comic reading, and other Moon Knight-related news. And this is a big week for us here at the podcast. We're celebrating our 10th episode with you while crossing the 150-issue mark as far as comics covered. We're going to start by taking a look at some of the new posters and spoilers that were related to the Disney Plus show. Take a minute to talk about the just-released movies starring DC's answer to moon knight. I love the way you 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 uh you you put that in there, Dan. And then partake in three different series that bring us through the end of the 20th century. My name is Dwayne and with me as always is my good buddy Dan Dan, welcome.
1: Hey there. Going to be an exciting day. I'm looking forward to this. We are we're the- about halfway through the history of Moon Knight. So that is, that is crazy. We, and we've been doing this
0: for, for two months. So yeah, we're at 10 episodes, uh, a lot, lot, of excitement. Unlike last week where we didn't really have much in the way of Moon Knight News, we have some Moon Knight News this week and, and tangentially let's, let's start with kind of, uh, a movie release that has occurred and seems to be pretty popular if trying to get tickets is any indication.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh... My son works at a theater, and I was asking him about it. He said that it is it is busy, definitely very busy. Not quite Spider-Man levels of busy. But, uh, the, the new Not Moon Knight movie is definitely seeming to be a, a good one. And I've heard great things about it, so I am excited. I mean, I've been a Batman fan as well since I was a kid, so... Um, Good Batman movies that are well-received and everybody enjoys them are just uh, a plus for everybody in the comic book world. So hopefully that's going to be a lot of fun. I plan to get there this week. and uh, But I think we can all agree that this is just a long con by Warner Brothers to somehow distract people from Moon Knight and the impending sure. release of the TV show.
0: Sure, um, yeah, that's, that's s- definitely it. Well, I, I was, <laughs> was going to say... Uh, Batman really is kind of the first superhero that I really latched on to that I really liked Michael Keaton and his original portrayal of Bruce Wayne and Batman was I think just amazing and I was hooked ever since so I, I'm I'm interested I tried to get tickets there's lots of theaters down here they were almost all hacked when i was looking to try and get tickets this weekend so so yeah it does seem like a lot of people uh you know this is a, a theater only release there's no online or no streaming option available so it looks like people are actually going out to theaters and seeing the show yep. let's let's jump into we've got to see uh some some new posters for moon Knight this week and i have to tell you uh, the the first one that that we saw uh that seems to be referencing a character i'm not all that familiar with and the description that i got on uh polygon when i was reading about it was it didn't make much sense so uh t- tell us about the mr knight poster
1: yeah so this is going to be interesting for us because i had you know i i have this completely planned out spreadsheet with exactly which books we read, exactly which weeks and everything. And right now we're going to crash into the Ellis books that introduce Mr. Knight about the time the show starts. So I'm really hoping that he's not in the first couple of episodes so that you'll have time to have read a few of them before we actually see him. But I have no control over that. So there's sure. a possibility that you may see Mr. Knight on screen before you actually see any of the the issues with him. Uh, he actually first appeared in Secret Avengers and then moved on into one of the Moon Knight series that came after that a year or so later. And, yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about him because that's part of the the thing of this is you get to experience all of this stuff right as a as firsthand going through them. But is definitely a character that has an established history within the more recent Moon Knight uh, universe. It's a character that's being used regularly in the current series that's going on right now with Jed McKay. And you're gonna definitely know who Mr. Knight is before we're done.
0: Okay. So okay. Have no fear. Not that I was suspecting anything different, but I, yeah, I, I'm like, okay, who is this? He's got a mask on and and the crescent and all this, and but he like, it's Moon Knight, but it's not Moon Knight.
1: So who is this person? And 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 there is one thing about it that is odd, and it does concern me a little in terms of exactly how they're going to do the character, because. The, the regular Mr. Night mask is just a white, kind of like a ski mask kind of thing, or, you know, a white mask over his face. This one in the, uh, in the ad has like a, a jagged sewing kind of, um, scarecrow-y, Rorschach-y kind of messed up mask kind of feel to it. And uh-huh. so we'll see how that plays out exactly. That is not the way he normally looks.
0: Sure. Okay. So. Let's jump over to uh, something that did look a little more familiar. We saw there was on the internet, there was a a lot of pictures talking about this uh, Moon Knight poster from Korea that got released that did show like a full body shot of the Moon Knight costume, presumably with, with Oscar Isaac in it. Maybe, maybe not, but, but we got to see Moon Knight in, in full costume. Uh, Not during like some action trailer sequence or something like that, which looked really, really cool. I have to say.
1: Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. I I am so hopeful of how this series is going to look just based on some of the posters and stuff that have been coming out. But this recent Korean one is really, really beautiful. So yeah, Yeah. Uh, it is. I mean, it's a very different costume than anything we've ever seen before. But I like it a lot. I like the way that it really plays off. You can even see more how much it plays off, almost like an Egyptian mummy kind of look, and kind of plays into that mythology. And so and, and those crescent, really
0: cool. those crescent darts look pretty scary looking too. He's yeah. got one of those in hand as well. And so, yeah, I I I have to say I like it. We're gonna have links to so that you can see these posters in the show notes, as well as talk uh, games radar is one of many sites that I saw that is was uh, basically kind of doing a synopsis of an article for, uh, in the uh, Total Film magazine that suggests that maybe Moon Knight could be joining the Avengers after, after his run in the Disney Plus show. And it, they specifically cite head writer Jeremy Slater. He's like, no, I don't know. But then because Kevin Feige is the guy that decides all this stuff, look, if it was up to me, He would be part of the Avengers. It's absolutely not up to me, but I think that is the goal. So what do you think about Moon Knight joining the Avengers after his uh, his unveiling to the MCU
1: uh, via his Disney Plus TV show? Well, he's always been a character who has responded poorly to being part of teams right it's not it's not really his character's thing he was in the west coast avengers for a while and those were sort of underwhelming issues i i don't know that he was somebody whose character was great in those books uh, where it really brought out the best of his character you know at the very beginning he was in those issues with the defenders but even then he never really joined the defenders he just kind of hung out with them we're gonna see him trying to play nice with the Marvel Knights here in a week or two and that just ends in disaster. Quite literally ends in disaster. <laughs> and right. then and then even in recent years you get to like the Age of Conshu type stuff and everything. It's it's just better for everyone involved if he's not an Avenger generally. But that said, you've got a you've got a movie star playing him. And I think it makes perfect sense that if they find success, if people like the Moon Knight uh, show and like, that they might want to try and do something with him. If I had my Druthers, I would probably more like to see him like teaming up with, you know, the the Daredevil or Luke Cage cast from a lot of the Netflix shows, because I think he'd work a lot better with that. And that's actually one other thing that maybe we should talk about a little bit is this this next next bullet point, which is that it I don't know if it's coincidence that they're updating the parental controls on Disney Plus two weeks before Moon Knight goes live. And for those of us who want him to be a character who is definitely a little bit more um, direct in his crime-fighting techniques, I think this is a good thing. It shows that we're going to be able to get... Kind of like Feige had said back in the day, somebody who really is representative of what Moon Knight can do. Um, But yeah, so it it sounds like the parental patrols on March 16th, there will be a little button or a warning that comes up and everyone will have to choose to enable them or not and then decide how they're going to handle that. But that also is going to coincide then with all of the other shows, you know, Iron Fist, Daredevil, Jessica Jones... Luke Cage, uh, probably the Defenders, I think, all coming on to the Disney Plus platform. So Yes,
0: the, the, those aren't exactly, you know, TV no. TVPG uh, as it were either. So, yeah, we, we didn't have it in the notes, but yeah, we did get word in the last week or so that, that uh, the Marvel marvel shows were being migrated over to disney plus it was announced that they were going to be outside the u.s first and then it was announced that that in the u.s that in the middle of march that we were going to be able to access those shows so uh those those, those are going to be available again. and yeah i i would love to see daredevil and oscar isaac moon, moon knight together doing doing stuff i think that would be that would yeah. be pretty.
1: And cool. The Punisher show, I think, as well is coming. I'm not yes. sure if that's going to be. But he really fits in with those group of heroes. Like that's actually more his his peer group than the Avengers, because especially if if they do turn him into kind of that darker, more disturbing kind of character, it's it's hard to see how he then fits in with sort of the the overall vibe of the Avengers universe, which. Sure. Sometimes it's a little darker, but it's it's darker in different ways, I think, than Moon Knight and Luke Cage and some of those shows were. So,
0: in any what, case, why don't fun. you why don't you talk about what's going on in uh, paper comics right now?
1: Sure. Uh, this week we had Moon Knight number nine come out last week, and Devil's Rain Moon Knight number one comes out next week. So. We're now at the point where multiple times a month you can wander down to your comic store and pick up books with Moon Knight on the cover. Uh, I was relatively outraged by the cover of Moon Knight number nine, particularly because of the fact what they did is, and there's there's variant editions. The one I ended up with, I really liked the cover. It's kind of a, an infinity cover type of thing, um, but they turned the masthead upside down so that it kind of works with the spiral thing but what that means is that now the number nine for the issue title looks like a six right in the middle which i'm almost sure is going to cause sorting disasters at comic stores and long boxes (laughs) all over america (laughs) so it just is not it's just not right but outside of that um really a good book i enjoyed moon Knight number nine it was kind of trippy sort of different but very interesting stuff and then yeah looking forward to devil's reign we're not going to talk much more about that until we get to this um as a note for those of you who are keeping track as i mentioned the spreadsheet may 10th is when we're scheduled to catch up to current so that's when duane will know everything <laughs> there is to know about midnight. Yes.
0: or something, so, like so, something like that something like that so so yeah there, we've got we've got a little bit of time there but yeah we will be covering all of the all, all of it all the way up to current uh, be, before we are done here so nope. I think that covers the news so why don't we jump into the this week's stack what is in the stack for this week Dan
1: you have four offerings this week. Uh, The first ones are Marvel Comics Presents, number 152, 153, and 154, from 1994. These were actually published, began to be published, the month after the end of Mark Spector Moon Knight number 60. So, Mark Spector dies, and then the month after, we've got another story. Which is comic books for you, man. But, um... (laughs) There's also one we're going to cover that is actually one we missed. Um, We didn't have access to it initially, but we, we tracked it down and Dwayne liked it. So we're going to talk a little bit about Divided We Fall, which was a one shot from 92. It was published kind of in the middle of the Mark Spector run. So just kind of catch up on that. And then once we get those, we're going to talk about the two series that sort of take us into the end of the 20th century. We've got Moon Knight, Volume 3, which is subtitled Resurrection War. It's a four-issue miniseries. And then we have Moon Knight, Volume 4, Number 1 through 4, another miniseries that we'll see uh, has all sorts of interesting things going on as far as its name, so we'll just talk about that when we get there. But those are the books we're going to be looking at. Uh, We're going to try and give you a quick summary of what happens in each of these stories, kind of grouped by, by story. Uh, or by issues that are all together telling a single story. And then we'll go in and talk about some general themes, important events, what's going on. All
0: right. Get us, get us started talking about Marvel Comic Presents 152 to 154. Uh,
1: as we mentioned, just a month after Moon Knight dies in Mark Specter number 60, he then returns in a three-part story in the pages of Marvel Comics Presents, which is an anthology series that they published. Each month, this book had four stories starring different characters. I believe at this time it was Wolverine, The Punisher, uh, Ghost Rider, and then Moon Knight. Uh, They were created by different writers and artists. Essentially, were four completely different stories. Moon Knight's entry in these was one called Hung Jury. And in it, Mark and Marlene attend the trial of the Praetorians. This is the group that Mark Spector and Moon Knight had defeated way back in Mark Spector number 23. Um, In that book, Spectre and Marlene went in and sort of infiltrated, um, well, they they went to a a
0: white supremacist group that Bo Olson, his old Merc buddy, was was somehow connected to, but we found out was just kind of undercover investigating.
1: Yep, and Chainsaw was there as sort of the leader. Marlene gets caught, she gets thrown in this maze, he's chasing her around with his chainsaw hand on a motorcycle, and so we're now
0: seeing... Bo Olsen shoots Chainsaw.
1: That is true. He does. And then he dies himself, kind of letting Marlene and and Specter get away. Um, But now we find out Chainsaw is still alive somehow. No explanation for this. And he and his gang are now terrorizing one of the jurors that is involved in the trial where they're supposed to be put away. Uh, Moon Knight figures out their plan, breaks in... um, protects the juror's family and then sends him a sort of a an indication that there's a little teddy bear that lets him know that his kid is safe so it's safe for him to vote the way he needs to to put away the bad guys
0: so this was a a weird story to kind of be like okay the character just died but then it comes back and and it and it references the old the old kind of story that wrapped up because that was this this is referencing the story that wrapped up the trial of Mark Spector, which was in the very first set of 20 books that, that, that we went through as far as uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight. One of the, one of the stories that I think we both really liked. And, and so it was interesting that the callbacks to that, but this, the story, there's not much story here. I mean, there's just almost doesn't... no story
1: here. And, yeah. and also, you know, the fact that it's three issues, keep in mind, it's not three issues because each of the Marvel Comics Presents books is kind of crazy because what they were is a combination of four stories, each of which was eight pages long. So almost certainly what 152 to 154 was is a single story that had been commissioned already. Marvel had already paid Dixon to write it. They'd paid Birch. Um, And that, by the way, J.J. Birch is the pseudonym of a guy named Joe Borowski. And Borowski... He's done a few things here and there, but some care some artists did that. They went under pseudonyms uh, either so they could uh, they didn't want it known they were working in comics back in the day or sometimes they just wanted to work under different names for different styles. But this almost certainly was written to go along with like Nish, you know, issue 23. This would have been Moon Knight 24, 25 something. Yeah. The same creative team is on Moon Knight number 34 which was another sort of fill-in story. And so the, probably there were a couple of issues that had been commissioned by, um, by Dixon and Birch. Maybe Birch got behind on the artwork or something like this and they ended up bringing in somebody else to take over and now those books just became inventory they wanted to use. And so it's really odd that you've got this happening. Usually they can work in the inventory issues and just put them in a Marvel Comics Presents or Marvel Fanfare. And it's not as sort of jarring as when the character just died the previous month in their own book and now you've got them coming back and, and doing stuff um but yeah i mean we also had chainsaw come back from the dead for really no particular reason so but
0: we never saw a body we didn't have a funeral That's so true. that that is apparently allowed is that I he just mean, randomly shows up and it starts terrorizing one of the jurors overall this 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 wasn't this didn't feel like an important story and Not like there was nothing about the artwork that really stood out to me as well and so it was just like oh the 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 biggest thing is this feels weird because this is the first time we're seeing moon knight after he died uh, for yeah. a story that probably happened presumably before he died at some point point.
1: Yeah. and for for folks who've who've got the physical copies One of the most interesting things about Marvel Comics Presents is actually the way the books are actually constructed, which is that you have two covers. You probably saw two covers while you were reading those comics. And that's because each of them has a cover and then two of the stories going one way. And then you can take the book, flip it vertically, and so you've got the back cover facing you, and now that's going to be up, and then you can read two more stories. So it's actually Ah. a flip book so you end up having all four of them two on one side two on the other and that That, also means that when you're sorting them if you're a ghost rider fan you can put the ghost rider cover in the front and if you're a you know moon knight fan you can put a moon knight cover in the front or whatever happens to be
0: yeah i was wondering about that because yeah it was like that's weird this looks like a second cover in here i don't i don't get how
1: that works it's kind of cool but it's also again one of those things that's a little weird when you're sorting because you've got to make that decision which one you want to be the the one that's going forward so that's about it for that one though i don't think there's really anything too much there other than it's just odd that it exists yes so,
0: so let's jump into the, the 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 issue we missed which was uh, a longer issue called moon knight divided we fall uh the the story around this is we have a shadowy figure named blaine who is working with bushman on a plot to kill mikhail Gorbachev which I thought was a little weird, but okay, who is visiting New York. Uh, to do this, he plans to drug and hypnotize both Marlene and Frenchie, and that's made easier because both of those two are really mad at Mark Spector. Uh, and then they... And then spends the issue... All of them kind of spend it on their own, and... Moon Knight, basically... Moon Knight Spector is is... is has a way to essentially spy on them and so it's the he won't he on whether or not he's going to actually spy on them uh eventually he does thwart the assassination attempt clearing everybody's name and presumably putting away both blaine and this this bush uh and bushman yet again um this is I, I did like this story. and and I think the reason for the story might be something that is surprising. and because we've seen Bushman a bunch of times, he looked really different than he has previously in other books where we've seen Bushman. Um, but there is something rather unsettling about Bushman's plan. and And he goes through and he actually explains to Blaine at one point over a couple panels what his idea is and and it wasn't just that he wants to beat moon knight slash mark specter but he wants to humiliate him he wants to take away everything he holds dear and then just kind of go in and finish him off and as far as like a plan goes for how how he's going to do this i think this is actually one of the best laid plans bushman has had uh as far as Trying to trying to do something to to Mark Spector, it, it didn't work like all the other times that Bush would has tried. But there was just something about this that it, like, if I was like the arch villain and had an arch nemesis, th- this would be how I would want to <laughs> how I'd want to deal with them. So I guess from that standpoint, I I, I appreciated it.
1: What did What did you think of this story? So. It's a really, really complex plan. Everybody's being hypnotized and, mm-hmm. you know, secret symbols. It's it's kind of like Zoolander and killing the, you know, the prime minister type of, of sorts of things. Yeah. But um, I will note that you were very generous when you said that, that Spectre has a, a way of... of listening to them, he actually put bugging devices in each of their, like, coats <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, he, yeah that's what it was. He didn't just accidentally have some way. He's bugging his friends. That's why he has a way to, to find out. So uh, that's not good. Um, no. They've got reason to be a little grumpy at him. Yeah. The, the guy that Bushman has helping him, this Blaine guy, is really awful. It's implied that he is essentially, like, sexually abusing Marlene while he's got her hypnotized and the like and he's a he's a really really unpleasant character
0: i Um, didn't think i didn't think it went quite that far it it, it looked like he was going to potentially do something while she was mentally uh under his control but i felt like bushman went in there and kind of was talking to him and telling him to stop before he got a chance to do anything but yeah we that was one
1: particular instance so maybe it's it's worse than that uh... In any case, um, yeah, Bushman and uh, and Blaine both deserved what they got coming to them. So uh, again, we do see that Frenchie and Marlene, and again in all of these, Frenchie's back to being Frenchie, um, not only the the one here, but the one that was from the the issues right yeah, after the, he died. Yeah, the so, jury. Yeah, and I, I think this was you know it's a premium format book, so it it was like five bucks at the time. It, it had a like a harder spine and then higher quality pages and stuff so this was a this was something that they kind of put some work into it really is a, a pretty nice little story and it's self-contained so you didn't really have to know a lot about Moon Knight or the history of the character or anything like that to enjoy it but if you do know Bushman you do kind of know the history between those characters it does it does have a little more resonance and
0: i I would note we've we've talked about it in the past specter is sometimes very terrible to frenchie and marlene and part of the reason they're upset with him is because he's being terrible to both of them and they both just kind of are like i'm sick of this i'm walking out and and so yeah i don't i don't blame them for leaving uh it, it sucks that because they decided to get away from this kind of almost abusive relationship, they then fall into the clutches of this mind control scheme that that Bushman is, is, is working on. But, oh. yeah, it, it was something.
1: But, yeah, so that's, you know, there's a few of those that, that just sort of exist outside of a lot of the regular continuity and stuff. They're just sort of extra stories you get. As a note, there's a few more of these that we could have done, and we've kind of moved past a lot of the the guest starring ones and the small issues, just because that would add maybe another well, 50, 75 books, maybe more than that, onto our total if we were going to try and get all of these. I, I will note uh, this is the only time I think that Bruce Jones wrote Moon Knight. Uh, the art is by Dennis Cowan. I've always really liked Dennis Cowan's art. Um, and then also we've got almost everybody else is is somewhat new. Palmer is inked before. But Manly, I don't think we've seen on inks for Moon Knight. Nicole Giddings uh, on the color, and Ken Lopez, who's going to be doing some of the lettering moving forward. This is probably the first time I think i would seen him on him as well. So it's an almost completely new creative team taking a look at Moon Knight as well. That's all I got.
0: All right, well, let's jump into talking about Moon Knight Volume 3, Issues 1 through 4, uh, known as Resurrection War because this 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 felt like an important book and I and I think it kind of is an important book because hey he's he's
1: not dead anymore. Yeah. So this is this one is from a little later, right? We're going into like 97, 98. Um and Doug Mensch returns to Moon Knight. The guy who created the character, right? The writer from way back in Werewolf by Night returns to Moon Knight, and essentially just cleans house. So across four sort of dream-slash-nightmare-filled issues, he basically resurrects Mark Spector and then immediately drops him into battle with nearly all of his top foes from back in Volume 1. He also brings back the original Moon Knight supporting cast and locations, so we get back Gina, we get back Crawley at the diner, we get back Samuels and Netta at the mansion, And we get back Frenchie, who's no longer Jean-Paul. He's Frenchie. There's no explanation for how that changed again. And we get back Marlene. So everybody just sort of returns to where they were. The actors all take their positions like it's still 1984. And away we go. Um, Essentially what's going to happen in Resurrection War is that Spectre is, he's been killed. He's been buried, right? Frenchie and Merlene have sort of gone on with their life. We now see some archaeologists in Egypt who break into a a new um, ancient tomb, and there's a statue of Set there. And that statue is going to come alive, start killing some of the the archaeologists who found it, and then also become sort of an antagonist that's going to bring Conchu back to needing Mark Spector's assistance to to sort of help him fight the forces of Set. So Marlene and Frenchie go back to the mansion for the first time in a long while to just sort of check things out. While they're there, the statue crumbles, statue of Gonshu, Mark Spector steps out of it, and then while they're tending to him, they look back and now the statue's fine again. There is no further yep. explanation of how all this happened. Right? That is exactly Backson. what happened. <laughs> he's he's just back, and after that point, we have so many weird dream sequences, and you get everybody. We get Jack Russell. We get Morpheus. We get blacks. Uh, we get Bushman. We get uh, stained glass Scarlet. Black Specter. Pretty much everybody from volume one is reintroduced and absolutely nothing that happened in volume two which was the one where he got like the the three priests talking to him and he got the different rainments and stuff like that nothing right. from that is mentioned and almost nothing from volume uh, or from mark specter moon knight is mentioned it almost seems like mensch just came in and said all of this is nonsense. I'm just going to forget it happened and go back to where I stopped writing like 15 years ago.
0: That total total retcon is is what it feels like. Just uh I, I'm resetting this back to where I want it to be and we're gonna go from there.
1: Yep. And I know it's weird, but I have to admit I was I was very comfortable with this. Going back to just the Moon Knight I knew, the characters I liked, everything else, there's sometimes in comics where it's best just not to ask questions. And I think that Doug Mensch understands this. He's like, everybody who loved Moon Knight loved him sort of because of the multiple personalities that he was, you know, or whether whether it's actually like, um, you know, actually different altars or whether this is just. Roles he's playing almost like an actor. And I don't know that in the time of, of Mench's writing, I'm really convinced one way or another how he intended all of that. But he takes us back to sort of all the things we used to love about Moon Knight and just kind of ignores what happened in the, in the intervening years. So what did you think, sir? If
0: this was... This was a very interesting story. Like, there was a dream sequence that started out where he basically wakes up being dug out of his grave by Stinglass Scarlet. And there's lots of weird stuff going on. And then, obviously, he emerges from the, the statue in his man, in his mansion. And, like, immediately is just like, all right, I'm ready to go to work. And there was, like, a sequence where Kanshu actually just talked to him. Mm -hmm. and and basically said that here's here's the issue it's this set and um you know working with bushman and uh you know bushman and morpheus are working together and there's they're they're helping set and they've got black specter enlisted to help them and like it it did feel like the greatest hits and and it felt like all the really important people that we knew both from a villain and from *The* morning cast were there and it did it felt comfortable and like mm-hmm. the, at the end of the issue they they end up they end up getting there. the uh, set statue i think ends up kind of falling out of something and into the into the river yep. and like you know because they took down Bushman, but then Morpheus was flying away on a helicopter with the set statue, and it, like, it, it was fun. It, it was good because I guess it was it was what I was used to. It was what I was comfortable with. It, it didn't it. There, there is kind of a. The more I think about it now, as I'm trying to explain it, the more I have questions and the more
1: holes it feels like this has. But at that's the, why I didn't like, try to actually explain it you don't want to talk too much about the story because it is weird and it's like a nightmare sort of thing everything but but again one of the crazy things about moon knight is how often when mensch is writing it he never really gives you an answer of is this real or is it inspectors that did conchu talk to him or is he just imagining conchu talking to him you know and he it's it's got that that mood that we were used to, the art, uh, the art is absolutely beautiful. You got Tommy Lee Edwards on art for most of it. There's also an assist from John Paul Leon, who's a brilliant artist who died far too young a few years ago. Um, those guys have put this together with almost like a, if you're familiar with Michael Lark or David Mazuchelli, sort of this atmospheric, not so particularly photorealistic, but more um, more almost like moody and impressionistic kind of art. It's still got a realistic feel, but it's it's a lot more sort of almost blurry sometimes, and it's just perfect for what they're doing for this story. They they also in this in this book we we talked
0: about this a little bit uh, over the course of the week because uh, you know we. Chat before before the issue before we get to the recording, and there is a two-page spread at the beginning of each one of these books that reintroduces you to all of these characters, both both uh you know the the supporting cast of Moon Knight as well as all the villains. And then opposite that, there is kind of a this is this is what you need to know to catch up. So if you didn't at any if you picked up book if you missed book one and picked up book two you'd know exactly what happened and if you picked up book one they even talked about the fact that he was dead that at, at the end of mark Spector mm-hmm. moon Knight that he died and that this is where they're this is where they're coming from so they weren't necessarily trying to rewrite history but at the same time they were like you know they wanted to make sure everyone was along for the ride and and one of the things that you know, we saw a lot early on in like Volume One and some of the other early stories of Moon Knight, is they kept re-explaining who people were and and what and and kind of even some of their motivations a little bit. Uh, but then during Mark Spector Moon Knight, there was none of that. There was no easy on ramp to get in to Mark Spector Moon Knight. You just had to you just had to hit the ground running and, and hope you figured it out. But they came back to this and had this two-page introduction or reintroduction uh, to the characters and stuff, which which I think is very important if you're trying to relaunch a character who's died. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you, how you feel about that. Being somebody that's, you know, more well versed into the character in that.
1: No, I think it it's a realization also that they're trying to reach out and get new audiences back. That this is. This is a reintroduction of the character. It's an attempt to bring that character back to their roots, but it's also an attempt, hopefully, to take this reintroduced character and maybe get some new readers. And having these sorts of things, there's a, a traditional sort of way to build comic books that they really got away from sort of in the 90s, did it differently. And this is sort of meant just course correcting back to the way he's always done the it feels like a very sort of traditional way of creating a comic you know um high quality but traditional so
0: how satisfied were you with the resurrection uh it i mean we we, we've talked we talked about it a little bit and like was there we didn't go into detail a lot on the on the narrative, but was there enough narrative or, or or were you just, I guess, happy to have the character back and you didn't
1: really care how it ended up happening? I think it's best not to care too much in this case, because the the resurrection story is kind of just thin sauce at <laughs> best, right? It, yeah. It's just nonsense. There's nothing there. So really it just is Mensch saying I'm just going to come back and write Moon Knight stories. Hopefully you're along with that, but I don't have a good explanation for how I'm getting them out of the ground. So just go with it. And I decided to just go with it again in the world of comics. This is not the lamest return. Of a character <laughs> that You're going to see yeah. this, this Okay. Is not even probably in the, in the top 75% of terrible returning characters that, um, it, it, it works for me just because i want it to work for me if i wanted to pick it apart it would be something that you could find a lot of flaws with
0: i don't know what i was ex- exactly expecting with regards to the resurrection i hadn't really given it much thought before jumping into these books but like i think the fact that we saw scarlet be the one that kind of is the first person he sees and then like there's you know there's a history with those two together Mm -hmm. and 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 kind of some weirdness to their to their to them as well uh i i think i think it was okay like i the more i think about it the more i'm like i don't want to think about it too hard but at the same time it's like yeah this this is enough this this Mm -hmm. it didn't have to be like we're you know we're pulling him out of the ground we're doing this big ritual thing and and have this be this big production maybe it's maybe it's just a uh you didn't actually see him die you just assumed because he blew up and then he because of Kanchu just sort of showed up
1: well and the other thing is because the mensch always wants to preserve the sort of non-mystical option if you want to believe that keep in mind that with um, with Morpheus being involved, one of the things that Spectre and and them are also sort of entertaining is: Did he ever really die, or was this all just some elaborate dream thing that was well, that was sort whole, of put into their heads by, by the whole Morpheus.
0: the whole Seth arc might be a complete fabrication.
1: Yep, that oh, was just put into I, their minds by Conchu or by uh by morpheus and right. because of that there never was a death and there never was a resurrection oh
0: my god i didn't I, like i i get now okay yeah okay mine just completely blown right there because i did not did not mm-hmm. get that that was because they do they do talk about you know that could these be planted basically yep. the these things and so i hadn't considered that as being the possibility but man that that yeah, because yes, right. Doug
1: Minch refuses to ever give you a straight line It's all just right. not his way. So okay, are, are
0: we, is there anything
1: else we want to talk about with? Regard no, to I, I think he's back. Yes, it's, you know that's uh, that's all we really need to know. Again, though, the art I will note is really is really beautiful in this. Uh, I I liked it a lot. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of John Paulion and then also Tommy Lee Edwards stuff. Uh, they did they did really nice work on this.
0: All right, let's jump into Moon Knight Volume 4. Uh, there's four issues to this. Uh, it, depending on the cover, was called High Stranger or High Strangeness. Uh, we saw we saw both of those names across the four issues. We have Doug Minch returning to Moon Knight in 1999 with another four-issue miniseries, this time with veteran artist Mark Teixeira moon knight is trying to put his Moon, or uh, mark specter days behind him but an assassin from the company sets a trap for him moon knight gets away and after receiving a lead from crowley he infiltrates a weird clinic and is drugged when he wakes up uh specter contacts an ex-lover named candace cauldron Cal, calder excuse me who is still with the government to find out more Turns out the company has some mind control shenanigans going on, and soon both Moon Knight and Candace are the targets for death. Frenchie gets shot down, Marlene gets mind controlled, and even Moon Knight takes down the assassins. And eventually, Moon Knight takes down the assassins of the Red Dragon and their leader, Alistair Ravenna. Ravenna? Yep. Ravenna? So lots, lots of mind control weirdness, shenanigans. There was talk about crop circles in this. It was, it it, it was something. Um,
1: Again, this kind of is a callback though, because a lot of the stuff all the way back to the Hulk, you've been having these stories with the company and with the mind control, and you know now they now they don't need to put the big plugs in people's heads and stuff. They found a new way to do it. But that's kind of been a recurring sort of plot device that Mensch has used. I think this is the third time now we've had company mind control as the sort of the main plot driver for one of the one of the stories, like a multi-issue story.
0: Yeah, so this is now just this little uh, chip, right, right in
1: like yep. right like around the, the nasal cavity,
0: like na- nasal cavity. I thought this was a solidly good story as well. I mean, it it, it oh it was. Though I will tell you, the very first thing I thought of when I started or the first thing I noticed about this story was the art. Book yes. one in this uh, in this series was amazing, and it's and it looked great all the way through. But but it looks different than any style of moon knight that we've seen to this point in my opinion and i i referenced when i was talking to you about this there was a game back in the uh, early 2000s by the name of 13 and it was a cell shaded game made to look like comic books and so it had a lot of detail but it had a lot of like drawing to it and and I immediately when I saw the art for this, I thought of the game and how much I liked the game because of the art. The art in this is just fantastic and I I I I am here for seeing more art like this because it was just the right amount of detail and but yet at the same time still had kind of this look that matched kind of the story which was a little weird slash paranormal slash uh you know i don't know sort of so, sort of vibe to it
1: so i love that you're connecting to the art here this is actually by mark tixera who he in a lot of ways comes out of the same school as bill cabbage in that they both start out as sort of neil adams acolytes slash, slash clones uh some folks call them if they want to be pejorative about it. I just choose to believe that, you know, it's that is Adams is somebody who is just a touchstone for everybody who loves comic art from a certain era. So the fact that a lot of people getting into comic art would pattern some of their drawing styles and the like off the guy who was sort of, you know, the Michelangelo of our age as far as comics go makes sense. And they both then developed their own styles out of it. And Texera here I was I, I completely agree. Like the first page of the first issue is just this picture of Moon Knight kinda hanging on a hanging on the ladder out of the, the mooncopter. And it's absolutely just brilliant to sort of mm-hmm. set the stage for things and, and go. But the whole the whole book is really well drawn. And Teixeira is sort of like somebody who's doing a lot of the same dynamic figure work and a lot of the same moody style that Sinkevich and, and Adams can do but he's got a very sort of tightly rendered look to it so it's his own it's his own thing but yeah are these are really well drawn books and I think the fact that the two of them kind of have that that synchronicity a little bit makes it a really good choice for a Moon Knight book so um other than that yeah everybody else too the the coloring on on both of these have been really good as well. Um, uh, we're starting to see sort of the new digital coloring techniques and stuff like that that come out toward the late 90s really come into force. You're getting better paper, better colors. It just, everything kind of looks sharper. So if you get colors that are taking advantage, colorists taking advantage of that, it really looks good. Uh, but, also, by the oh, go ahead. No, I please. I was just going to note that the high strangers, high strangeness thing is really weird because what they did is if you look at the cover Mm -hmm. of all four issues, it's called High Strangers Part 1 or High Strangers Part 2 or whatever. And if you look at the title page of every book, it's called High Strangeness Part 1 or Part 2. So it's got consistent title going across on the cover and a consistent title going across in the book, but they're different.
0: I, I did not catch that it was like I knew I saw both of them, but I didn't, yep. it didn't, I didn't notice that they consistently were the same way, one way or the other, across those.
1: Yep. And the, they look close enough when you look at them that I actually think that somebody wrote it like just in bad penmanship and sent it to the letterer of the cover and the letterer of the book. And one of them read it as High Strangers and one read it as High Strangeness and nobody ever corrected it Mm. because it doesn't make any sense otherwise
0: so the the story itself actually kind of reminds me a little bit of the of of resurrection war where there's not really a great conclusion to this story it just sort of ends with kind of this oh weirdness going on about it you know they they take out the guy at the end and presumably that's going to going to be the end of of this, but at the same time, you know, he was presumably kind of involved with the company. And so, you know, that doesn't mean that that this necessarily has to end. And, you know, they're talking about the fact during this that like, oh yeah, well, they were doing mind control stuff, but it was supposed to be shut down. And it's like, no, they didn't shut it down. They just kind of took it underground and they're doing even more things. So we don't know if this is actually going to end anything.
1: I also love how there's sort of this this dissonance in the street level books versus a lot of the others. In that part of this whole thing is sort of like you know is the government communicating with aliens and getting its technology from there? I mean, we've got scrolls, we've got Kree, Galactus attacks every few weeks, and yet it's like this big mystery whether there are aliens <laughs> or not, right? Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't actually make sense if you think about it in terms of the universe, but because this is more of a you know procedural just sort of like almost a detective type of or or action you know, jason Bourne type of environment uh that makes sense that there would be those sorts of questions so
0: one one tidbit i will note and i don't know if this matters at all but we did during this we basically learned that the company because of drugging and implanting mark specter with this mind control device that they're now aware that mark specter and moon knight have this connection they know all of his all of his uh you know different personalities personas that he uses and all that sort of thing and so you know i don't know if that needs anything going forward but it's definitely something i took note of uh in these books that that may have an impact on future stories
1: yep there we go so but so that would be kind of the uh the second four issue series that takes us to the end and that really is sort of where moon knight ends off um we're gonna see once we start the the 21st century next week we're gonna see he's got a couple of things they try to to sort of use him for but he's really gonna drift now for about half a decade because it's not 2005 until we see any substantial substantive stories out of him after this um nonetheless it was a it was a good way to go out because i think these were both satisfying self-contained stories they were interesting mensch as always uh, knows how to write moon night well and the art was was a lot of fun so
0: yeah i think i realized fun. during these books that i i think i am a doug mensch fan it just the stories more often than not i think were worth the read and mm-hmm. while there is some sort of mysteriousness and and evasion when it comes to giving us an answer as to what's going on it it didn't that part of it doesn't take away from my overall enjoyment of the title right yep. it, it just sort of i i like straight answers but at the same time i guess i'm okay with the, the little misdirections and the not quite full answers that that he's giving us in these books yep any go. any other specific things or, or more general things that you want to talk about with regards to these books or, or should we jump into our important reads?
1: Right. I think I think uh, I think that probably pretty much covers it. We should be good to go.
0: All right, so what would you say are the important stories or good reads for this
1: week, Dan? I think you can pretty much ignore the 152 to 154. That's mm. not something that matters much. The Divided We Fall, if you happen to have it around and you want to read it, it's an interesting story that does add additional layers kind of onto Bushman and Spectre's um, you know, adversarial relationship, which, you know, that's going to come to a head in the very near future here. Okay. So, you know, you know, <laughs> the uh, yeah, they really don't like each other. So, um, but I think that the last two are both are both good ones to read resurrection is really the key one if you can get a hold of it and these are not easy to find because none of them are reprinted anywhere for some reason they're not on marvel unlimited so they're a little bit difficult to track down but if you can find them uh, the resurrection story is cool the other one i like just because it's it's great art and it's a fun read Um, so i would say either of those i would recommend if you can get your hands on them
0: yeah, I obviously an important story is the resurrection of Mark Spector, and that, and I and I think it's worth a read because yeah, I as as much as we talked about it, I think I think I think you should read it from the standpoint of just to get your head around or yeah, kind of get your own feel or create your own thoughts as to what exactly happened there and yep. and whether or not this this was all a dream or. It was Konshu's work, or, or, or what happened, and yep. High Strangers. I loved the art. I, I I will say, go read that if for no other reason than read the read it for the art if you can find it. It's, it's, it's worth it. Um, and again, it's it's a Doug Manch story, which, like I said, I think is is worth reading. All right, so what from these books do you think might make it into the show?
1: So I think from my reading, there's two things I think could be potentially like something that might make it in. The first one is the Resurrection War sort of overall story feel, that sort of waking from a dream kind of um, arc and, and just the way that that story is constructed, I think might actually be relatively close in tone to what we're going to get from the disney plus show because it seems he's kind of in that same weird situation um it's not going to be the same in terms of all the characters and all that but just the look and and feel kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then if they did want to do a deep cut for a character uh the Candice, the Candice calder candace calder character from resurrection war could also be a character they might or not from resurrection from high strangers might actually be a character they'd use for the show because that sort of ex-lover of the main character who's got some sort of access to valuable information that can drive the plot forward is just a a standard element of yes. so many shows yes but it, it would be it would be not surprising to see her somehow pop up in the show as a uh, as a character
0: now that that makes total sense to me yeah i I you know you bring that up and I'm just like yeah I can think of like a half a dozen shows where that and that seems to be that that yep. seems to be a thing that happens but I I like the idea of possibly having this sort of disjointed I don't understand what's going on questioning how things are happening that whole idea from resurrection where I definitely could see that based on the trailers that we've seen based on kind of the description of the show even. I I definitely feel like that tone or and maybe even kind of, um, you know, bits from 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 what actually happened in the comic books might make their way into the into the TV show. That makes total sense.
1: All right. Well, kind of wraps that up. I guess what we're going to do now is move on to a new segment. We've been around for a while here uh, on the podcast, about two months now. We've started to get. Some interactions from folks out in uh, on the internet. Appreciate that from you guys. So we're going to start a listener mail and sort of Twitter um, interaction segment. We get to visit a little bit about some of the stuff we've been hearing in the last week. Uh, one thing I'd also like to do is note that uh, we have been using Podbean as our podcasting tool, and like to just kind of go through and and acknowledge that uh, we got some help figuring out some of that. And it's been really helpful because Podbean has, I don't know how many of you, if you've started a podcast, it can be a little bit confusing, right? And so it really helped with getting us into all the right places so we could get this to you guys wherever you happen to be uh, listening. And then also being able to see stats about the fact that you know we've got so many downloads coming in and new listeners and all that has been really interesting and, and well done as well. So... Dwayne, uh, we have you to thank for finding uh, finding us Podbean. Who was it that we, helped us track that Yeah, out? we did. It was
0: not just me. My co-host on an, on my other podcast, uh, Daring Alkaline, was the one that suggested Podbean. He's used it for years. He's done a couple of podcasts with it, and he really liked it. And, and I'm glad that it has worked as well as it has for us for the first two months of the podcast. Yeah, so no, no.
1: That big thanks on that to to daring outpouring yes. because a lot of the stuff i'm realizing could have been a lot more difficult if we had not had a yes. tool that, that sort of helped make it a little bit easier to uh, to get started so it,
0: it is very nice in that
1: regard uh we got we've gotten some
0: emails as well i i specifically want to thank uh james uh who sounds like he's been listening since the beginning. Thank you, James. We got your email and had some very, very wonderful comments uh, that he sent in via email, and we definitely really appreciated seeing those.
1: It was also cool that uh, he was mentioning that uh, he's been reading along with the books. He's actually got a collection uh, that allows him to be able to just head out and, uh, and grab the books that we're going to be reading the next week and then read ahead so we can be ready for them. Obviously, not everybody has their own copy of Werewolf by Night 32 that they can crack open when they want. But the nice thing is that as we're heading into the books these coming weeks, we're now getting to the point where it's a little easier if you did want to follow along and kind of pre read the books before we get to them. Um, Marvel Unlimited is going to have copies of pretty much everything that we're going to be reading moving forward. And then also, they're available in print editions where you could either go out and find them at a bookstore or even just walk down to your uh to your library or something like that see if maybe you can find some of them there so certainly invite you to uh to join uh, along with with us and do that each week uh if if you have the time and if you're interested to the other thing we wanted to talk about we also have been visiting a little bit uh, with some folks on twitter and uh call out to mo uh got a chance to visit a little bit about uh, sort of Dwayne seeing some of these new artists that are coming out and, and changing things up in the nineties, uh, Stephen Platt. And then, uh, he also kind of was, uh, looking, us, looking us forward to David Finch, which I've been playing up Finch for quite a long time now. So the, <laughs> yes. the expectations just get higher all the time. <laughs> no, so. no
0: doubt. I, I, I am looking forward to seeing it based on, on both of your guys's recommendations. Um, we're we're also going to be starting uh, potentially a poll. Uh, we, you've got a poll question that you want to ask this week of of our audience. Uh, please
1: share share with us what your what your poll question is. Sure. This is actually something that just came up last week as I was wandering out and putting away all of my Mark Spector books after we got done uh, talking about them, and I was wondering for those Moon Knight fans out there who actually have. A, a physical Marvel comic collection. Do you file your Mark Specter Moon Knight comics alphabetically, sort of directly in front of the Marvel Ages, the Marvel 1602s, that sort of thing? Or do you tuck them in with your other Moon Knight books, uh, either between like Volume 2, The Fist of Konchu, and Volume 3, The Resurrection War, or maybe even just have all of your and I didn't put this as a poll question because it didn't fit, but do you have all of them just in another place where your Moon Knights aren't even in with the rest of them? They're in their own special location. So if you, uh, if you want to go in and, and comment on that, let us know how you sort. We've got that poll up on Twitter, or of course you could just send us an, an email out at questions at phasesofthemoonnight.com with your answer as well, and I will aggregate that into the results for next week so and then depending and on so, we may throw so, some other polls out there too
0: yeah so we will find out what the what the results are of, yes. of this poll you'll you will share
1: those with us next week uh, right. we'll share it and i have opinions on this but i don't want to uh i don't want to go and wade into it until i hear a little better what everybody else is thinking so all right that sounds good well let's look ahead to next week what is in the stack for next week stack for next week is pretty simple it's A quick review of Marvel Knights number 4 through 14. Moon Knight's not actually in 10, but he's in the other ones, and it kind of all works together. So we're going to talk about them, which is essentially a, a book where Daredevil kind of has an unnamed super team, kind of like a Defenders or Avengers for a while, and Moon Knight becomes a part of it. And then we're just looking at that because it kind of gives you an idea of sort of where Moon Knight's at in the early 2000s. And then we get to Moon Knight Volume Five. Finally, we're heading into uh, issues number one through thirteen of the Houston Finch run. and so it's going to be pretty exciting. We, we've made it. We are into the uh, the cool the cool new age of Moon Knight. Current so. slash modern day Moon Knight, I think, is what you've said before. Yep, and I don't really want to you know derogate some of the ones that come afterwards because there's brilliant. Runs of Moon Knight all the way through after we get past this. It's just that I think this is sort of a turning point in that it, it's a, a fundamental change in sort of the way Moon Knights are written and the way the character is, is written and everything else uh, to where really it's, uh, it is something that once you get you get into these, you sort of start to see new potential for the character that maybe we didn't see in the, in the previous 20 years so
0: I got you I am looking forward to that I hope you are as well I want to thank you all for joining us today we'd love for you to stick around as we continue our journey through the story of Moon Knight we recommend you subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player of choice as as you will get the latest episode as soon as it releases usually on Tuesday mornings if you're subscribed we'd love to hear uh, some feedback about the show please leave us a review uh, and by doing so, that'll help others find the podcast as well. Uh, you can share questions or comments, feedback on the show via email: questions at phasesofmoonlight And for updates on the show, as well as other announcements, and to interact with us on social media, we are on Twitter. We are at phases of MK. So until next week, Dan, I'm looking forward to it. It sounds like we're we're here. There's
1: something to be excited about. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to going to have a good time and uh, we'll see you all next week to uh, to get started on it all right take care everybody yep yeah, and bye